Howdy duty folks. Welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Jack. <laughs> Thanks, Buffalo Bob. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Maybe not my best. <laughs> wow, this is a disaster. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, is this thing on? <laughs> We're actually going. Okay. <laughs> Did I mention I have coffee with Max at three? <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Let's let's try again. Good morning, folks. It's Jackson Seibert here from the Hannah C. Howard Studios. I'm here alongside my distinguished co-host, Mr. Reverend Daniel Hutchinson. It's great to be here, Jackson. As always. Yeah, it's it 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 is great to be here, and it's even. More great to be here because it's not just the two of us in the room, is that's it? That's right. That's right. We have we, a distinguished special guest. Yes. Master Carpenter Steve Wilson. Yes. Second time on the show. Yeah. Greetings. I apparently did not screw it up so bad last time that I couldn't come back. Yeah, well. Am I allowed to say screw it up? Yeah. I, I thought that was actually, I thought that was a good wood pun. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant it as. Yeah. <laughs> so, last time we were with Steve. We were talking about the things that we consume are the does it matter as Christians, as those who are trying to remain and, and abide in Christ, uh, living life on the vine. Does it matter what we consume? We came to the conclusion, yes, fundamentally it does matter. And then we began to get a little bit more into sort of there are some things that are just bad for us that are unhealthy to consume. And we're not just talking about food here. We're talking about ideas and, and videos and things we take into our minds, take into our hearts. There are some things that are good. There are some things maybe that are more neutral. But we ask the question, why would we spend our time focusing on those things that are sort of that are neutral? And so I think this time we wanted to dive a little more, a little deeper into some of these questions. And where we left off last time was this question – some things are explicitly bad, and we talked about horror kind of toward the end of that film, and Jackson said that's probably not something that's good. It goes contrary to biblical principles, particularly the freedom from fear that we have as Christians. But there are a lot of other things that we might listen to or watch or take in that we would still say this probably is not telling us something that's true at least or something that's good. It's, it's painting a picture of life that is contrary to the gospel message. So are those things that we should avoid as Christians or what, what place do those sorts of messages and uh, have in the Christian life? How, how do we interact with the number of messages out there that are not gospel messages that are not you know, true in the ultimate sense? So Steve, what, why, why don't you start us off? You ask really long questions, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm not sure that this is answering the question, but I think that we, by our nature, we want to go one way or the other to an extreme. We want to be very uh, free in what we have, and so it doesn't really matter what I watch as long as I derive pleasure from it, or it's entertaining, or it's not harming me. Or we want to become very legalistic and say, you know, PG-13, we're not watching anything PG-13 or worse, because that's obviously not kingdom message when there are counter messages to the kingdom that are present in 
all sorts of G and PG rated movies as well. So I think that while we might want to lean toward one extreme or the other, I think it comes again to abiding in Christ and being able to be aware of what's going on in our culture so that we can speak the good news into that without consuming it. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm suddenly picturing the staff gathering around, okay, we're all going to watch this R-rated movie, so we're up to speed on everything. And yeah. Not really that, but just to be aware. Um, you, can, you can be aware of the content of Breaking Bad and its subject matter without watching all seasons of Breaking Bad to its conclusion. Yeah, I just rewatched that uh, one. And <laughs> oh, am I not supposed to admit that? <laughs> I, I um, I've watched it all too, and 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 part of that was, you know, so engaging, and it just pulls you in to a story that is not uh, good, is not redeeming, does not have a positive message in it. You come away with, you know, a little different perspective on different characters, but. Uh, even though it is well-written and well-acted, I think that we often think as long as it's a beautifully told story, we ought to be able to watch it. When some stories are not anything that draws us closer, that makes us better people, and that should be enough for us to realize this is not a good thing. This is not a pleasing thing. This is not something that I have to drink deeply from in order to be aware of what it's saying or what it's communicating. Yeah, when so, you oh, go for it, Dan. Sorry. Well, I, so I thinking about that idea. Um, there are some things. There are some things that are true that are not good. I would say. So there's a lot of brokenness in our world. There's violence and hatred and crime and racism and war. Those things are true. And they're, they're not good, but they're true. And if we avoid the realities of our world, we're, we're missing important truth, even if it's not good. And we can't shield ourselves from those things. So is there ever a point where we can watch a story that isn't good because it tells us something true about our world? And is that, is that, is that something we should do as Christians ever? Yeah, I think that there are important documentaries out there that we can watch but i think that so much of what we consume is entertainment or or labeled as entertainment when it is not good entertainment it's communicating a philosophy or a message that is counter to the gospel that is not being aware of the brokenness of the world it is wallowing in the brokenness of the world um i can be very passionate about injustices that happen to other to other people. Um, I can be aware that that goes on, but I don't have to watch things that hash and rehash that with no desire to bring justice to that situation, but just seek to highlight it and and display it in all of its graphic detail. I think that there is something, though, to presenting something the way that it is, or maybe even presenting something through fiction or entertainment that makes us 
a reality that makes us uncomfortable that we don't want to address because then it causes us to have to sit with that. Like in society, so it may be probably one of the ones that is uh, one of the hot button items that's kind of around today would be um, racial sensitivity or something like that or racism that's out there. And that's something I think that a lot of us don't want to sit with, but it is a truth of the world that we live in, is that there are things that are, there are systems that are set up that are, are um, racist. There are people out there who are acting in a racist manner. And sometimes it takes, it, it takes being faced with that to really see it inside of ourselves. Does that make sense? And so I completely take your point and agree with your point of sometimes there are, are entertainment, things that we level or label as entertainment that don't just show us the bad things of the world but wallow in the bad things of the world um, or the unpleasant truths of the world. But then there's some that hold a mirror to us and say, look – this is wrong in your world. This is wrong in the church. This is wrong in your family. This is wrong in whatever interaction in society that you want to you want to put up there. So I think that there is a fine line there though. There is, but if I watch a movie about a dysfunctional family and see myself in it, that's that's one thing. If I'm drawn again and again and again to watch movies or series about a dysfunctional family with no desire to be shaped or convicted in a positive way, but just because it's escapism or it's well done, I think that the mirror aspect of it has been lost and now it's just entertainment. And I think it can blur the line between, oh, that was a really interesting movie or a really interesting message. What's next? And we don't do anything with the conviction that we feel. We can see injustices and go, man, that sucks. Let's watch a comedy now. One that, that is recent that kind of brings into my brain is the Joker movie. So we went and watched the Joker, Jessica and I did, and after we walked out of that, she said, you know, if I would have known it was going to be that, I would not have recommended that we go see this movie or wanted to go watch this movie. And it caused us to have a really long conversation about, you know, where's the importance of being able to what, – what was redeeming about that? Okay, I guess that we get a um, kind of a snapshot of what it looks like in somebody's brain that is – struggling with some sort of uh, a mental illness and is, is, is not getting the care that they need and is living in a society that is perpetuating this, that really needs some mental health care that is doing things that are um, kind of hurting the downtrodden and those who do need resources and all that. And so, okay, I guess that we can kind of pick that out of this but beyond that, what is what is redeemable in this, you know? So I, I guess what I'm – because I, I tend to completely agree with 
with what we're saying here. I think one of the questions I have, though, is are there times, and I'm thinking about in Scripture, are there times when it's okay for a particular piece, a particular movie, to not be redemptive? And I think about Psalm 88. Most of the Psalms begin or end with praise or adoration. Psalm 88 is pretty much bleak from start to finish. If it was the only Psalm that you had, you would not be guided to praise God in the midst of difficulty. It is just a bleak, dour, things are rough Psalm. Or I think of the last chapter of Judges and this horrific story of this concubine that's torn into pieces and raped and sent to different corners of Israel and then everyone gathers and destroys the tribe of Benjamin and then because they still want Benjamin to stick around then they tell them to go to this village and steal some wives I mean it, it, like that's how judges ends and it's it's horrible there's there's nothing redemptive about the end of judges and it actually ends with there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes which leads to you know, the rest of scripture and, and obviously points to the need for Jesus, but there's nothing redemptive in that moment. It is purely a mirror that reveals utter brokenness. And I wonder if we ask, if we're, if we're asking too much of movies or even TV shows to always be redemptive. Is it, is it okay for certain movies are simply to be bleak is there a time and a place for that that's that's kind of what i'm wondering maybe but i don't have to watch it (laughs) i don't know so should i not read that section of judges no (laughs) yeah you know that's not what i'm saying i think there's other movies that you can watch after but does that mean you avoid that movie because it's you know, if you watch it in the context of other things, if that's all you're doing, if that's you know what you're habitually filling yourself with, then I'd say, yeah, that, that's... If you stay in Judges, you're not getting to the Gospel. But it's important to walk through Judges on the way to the New Testament. Well, and I think that takes us back to Jackson's mirror analogy. You know, there's nothing... It's good to recognize our brokenness, our depravity, how desperately wicked we are apart from God. If that's where we decide to set up residence, that's a bad thing. But to be honest about how truly evil and wicked we are, it doesn't have to be a a beautiful thing. It can be a convicting thing. And I think that maybe setting up residence is... Like, yeah, we might set up residence there, and that's a bad thing, too. But I think if we also use it for a justification of, you know, ah, well, I'm watching this because it's teaching me about, you know, the depravity of <laughs> yeah. the world. Like, that's not right. Or, oh, this this will, you know, have some sort of redemption in it. That's not particularly what we're saying either, right? But, you know, sitting in bad things that have happened wait i don't know that we necessarily need to i don't know dan i don't know because part of me wants to say yes that like 
yeah, we, we, not that we avoid it, but if we know going into this, that this has no redemptive value to it, that this is just a metaphor for crystal meth. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to feel bad about it. And I'm going to like feel yucky about it and be exposed to things that I would never be exposed to if I never watched this again. But then I'm coming back to it because I, I gotta know how it ends or it's so good, you know, it's well acted. It's all that. And it's like, okay, well now I'm playing out the metaphor for blue crystal meth in my own life, you know, uh, with this TV show that going into it, knowing that I don't know is necessarily a good thing. And this is coming from a person who just rewatched that for yeah. the uh, <laughs> second time and had all the same feelings about it. Um, and I think that there's something to be said about it desensitizes us. Mm-hmm. So is it really helping us or are we just becoming, oh, that's more normal for me to watch like really awful things? Jessica and I were actually, um, so we like watching TV shows and there's some ones that are uh, our favorites. And we were going through our favorites and we were making recommendations to some people and in the middle of us making recommendations, we realized like we had a caveat for every show that we liked. And it's like, that one was really had some scenes that were tough to sit through, but you know, and that one started off not as like violent. And then as the seasons went on, it escalated into violence and it, I don't know that I really realized that at the time. And I was just kind of desensitized to it. And then looking back on it, I was like, Oh, that was kind of hard to stomach or, you know, and then that's not a good thing. And then does that do the exact opposite of what we're talking about here? Instead of it holding up a mirror for us to see what is bad in culture, we just accept those things in culture because it's that's that is normal. Way, that's what the way things Yeah, are. that's the way that things are. That's something that we have to deal with. We should be okay with that or maybe that's not the we should be okay with it, but it is the way that it is and So, I think about the reality that displaying brokenness in 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 music, in movies, in television, whatever is easier than displaying spiritual goodness. I think you can, I think you could uh, make a billion dollar industry on the internet with porn, but you couldn't sell a decent movie about a faithful Christian marriage because it's boring to look at. It's beautiful in our hearts and in our minds, and that's what we all aspire for, but really, you're cooking another meal, even though you're tired, and that's something that's supposed to move me, you know? Uh, <laughs> wow, great. Uh, I think I think that s- spiritual truths, spiritual uh, beauty, is very hard to convey on film or in writing. Mm-hmm. Books a little easier, but scripts, it's very difficult. So in some ways, it's not an even playing field which it shouldn't be an even playing field because it's so much deeper and richer. It's, there's dimensions that are not visual or audible that are spiritual. And so we're in this, on this playing field, we're at a disadvantage because my, no matter how well it's made, my Christian movie 
of goodness and faithfulness and joy and peace is not going to compete with the well-made movie of depravity and avarice and greed and selfishness because it's so much more engaging because it's a visual, physical realm that we're playing in. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think I think one of the challenges I find, and obviously the three of us work with youth, is sort of where do you, where do you point people? Where, where is that? Okay, you maybe Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or whatever else we might say. Okay, those, you know, might be really well done, but would have some caveats on recommendation. But where do you actually, like, this will fill your soul. This will draw you closer to Jesus and obviously scripture, community, you know, but what are those, are there other things, and this, this might be a question for you guys, like, are there other things that you have found that you've consumed that have drawn you closer to Jesus? Yeah, I, I immediately think of mission trips, okay, and when we're, some of the best parts of mission trips, especially for the middle schoolers, is, and I think it, I can say it for the high schoolers too, is, are the van rides, uh, the uh, riding down, being in your van, you're listening to music, and we're not sitting there listening to Handel's Messiah or, you know, Sadly. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, insert Christian <laughs> band here, you know, we're not, even though there there is some good Christian music out there, uh, unfortunately, it's all my age now, but um I'm sure I, that was a slight to Christian music. Sorry about that. Um, but, but uh, I mean, we listen to a ton of Taylor Swift, okay? Yeah. Taylor Swift, generally positive as far as pop music goes, but she still has got some really messed up themes in her music, okay? And so it, it's kind yeah. it, it's a really good tool to be able to listen to these songs that these girls and guys are listening to and they hear – and we, they know, they see that me and the other adult that's in the, in the van, we're singing them too. And we know them. And so we're singing along, having a good time. And then it allows us a little bit of time to process through that. Okay. See what she said right there? That's not true. This is not what you want to look for in a relationship. If you yeah. look in these directions, you will be left wanting all the time. I promise you. Okay. Yeah. And we have those conversations or I make those statements as we sing these things and, and, and enjoy this music. There are some songs that come on the radio or they're like, hey, let's play this song. And then they start singing the song and it may not have any cuss words in it. It may not have anything, but it's like, oh, nope, we're not listening to that because that yeah. is not a good theme. But there are, are kind of nuggets that you can pick out and it's kind of teaching them to view media and messages through the lens of Christ. Mm. Can there be a song or a movie or a scene that where Christ is actually speaking to you? The Holy Spirit is speaking to you through this, even though the person who produced this piece of art, this music, this, this film wasn't necessarily intending it to. And so right. we found that that out um, through a one direction song, actually yeah. uh, this, uh, Last, I remember that this past yeah yeah past month. that was a good time 
Well, Steve, you do that on the Ignite. I wonder if you could share a little bit about what you do on the Ignite retreats. Well, uh, I have compiled a short playlist of secular songs uh, made by artists who uh, are on in different places in their faith or their spiritual understanding uh, and did not set out to make songs that were spiritually relevant or spoke of God. But in listening to them, if you keep Christ in mind, if you think about God being the one singing or the one being sung to, uh, in some songs it's back and forth, uh, you can see truth and beauty and the gospel in those songs so that God can speak through anything that he wants to. And, and, and I, I guess in making that statement, I'm opening the door for God being able to speak through Saw 4 after I've seen the first three Saw movies, <laughs> and now God's speaking to me through this one. Um, I, think that, I think that he speaks to people who have developed an ear for his voice. And so mm-hmm. if we are seeking God in places other than uh, mass entertainment, in movies or music— then I think we will learn to recognize his voice. If we are just consuming volumes and volumes of garbage and hoping that we're going to find some chunks of steak in the midst of that, I think that that's just careless and, in, and reckless. So I think we can watch movies, we can listen to music that were not produced by Christian organizations or artists and if we are abiding in Christ, if we are sensitive to where he might be speaking through these mediums, he can redeem those as well. I love that. I think it's so easy to want to make these sorts of issues a law and everything on this side is a no and everything on this side is a yes. And I think what you're encouraging us to is to listen, to be attentive, to abide, and let Christ lead us into his will for us, which is more challenging, but a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, in some senses, we actually went nowhere in this episode because, you know, we're not laying out the rules and regulations of how we should consume medias or, or what things we should watch or listen to or observe or what are what's falls in the good category, the neutral category and the bad category. And how do I, how many of the neutrals can I take in with the goods and what formula does that make? Right. It's, it's not a law, right? We're not, that's not the point of this. The point of this is to, Abide in the vine, life on the vine. Yeah, thanks for that plug, Steve. <laughs> you know, we are running out of time. Do we want to keep going? I think this is a great spot to maybe wrap up for the day. And Steve, we'd love to have you back on. I hopefully love that before too. too long. And do we need a new picture every time he joins us, or does he sign the same picture it, every it time? Or is on, it a one time? I think it depends deal. on the size of his beard each time he comes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now I'm motivated not to trim it. <laughs> so Steve, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, this thank has been you. a good conversation about the things we consume, how that impacts us. And th- I think our 
the big takeaway is abide. In the midst of all of this, as we're, I think, to wrestle, to, to think about what it is that we're consuming, I mean, that would be part of it. We need to be thoughtful as Christians, but be thoughtful in the context of a relationship with Jesus and let him be with us, let him guide us in those decisions about what we consume. So that's our encouragement. Steve, thanks again. Jackson, always a pleasure. Always. From the Hannah C. Howard Studio, signing off. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Howdy doody. <laughs> I didn't get another one in there. <laughs>